Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to Wrestling Chat with Friend, your weekly place for all things Squared Circle. As always, I'm Megan Rickman-Blackwood, your favorite heel in heels. We have our champion, Cheats Two Belts, who's only down to one belt today. We have a lot of belts. What's up with that? What's up with that? You're supposed to be two belts. That's like your whole gimmick. We actually have four belts now in the, in the Cheatham household. Oh, snap. It's a four-belt household now. It you is. have stepped the game up. And uh, this week we are joined by one of our favorite uh, friends to chat with, who I call family, my little brother, Kevon Crute, who we affectionately refer to by his gimmick, Uncle Kiki in the house. How are you doing tonight, Kevon? I'm good. I have a belt, too. I got one for Christmas. Um, does it does it break your gimmick if I show mine? No, no, no go ahead. Go ahead. Make it happen. I got this right here. Oh snap! You got one of the real ones. I think it is, but I mean, <laughs> it was a gift, and um, very grateful for it. Absolutely. Here's we, a legitimate. The ones that we give our kids, and that's like an authentic. <laughs> it looks super real. Show it again. Okay. Do 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 do. Is that leather? Is it real? Is I don't know the leather. It looks better on cam than like not to diss the belt, but like um, <laughs> definitely a different feel in person. And uh, but it's really cool. Like I, I I'm just I, I can't wear it, but I can display it. So you know, it's all good. <laughs> just carry it around your shoulder, yeah. like just during the day, just doing random stuff, like wear it grocery shopping. Yeah, like the twenty four hour title. Okay, I'm gonna shut up because I had an idea, but. <laughs> I'm going to come for you in Publix, and I'm going to get your belt. Oh, One, I had two, three. A, Remember the Edge segment where he was wearing the Ric Flair robe? I would watch him out to just do everything in a Ric Flair robe. <laughs> just walk around, wooing everything. Ric Flair, you got to woo, and you got to wear the belt. Yeah. Even though I hate Ric Flair, like, I mean, yeah. you get it. Like, I can't it's Greatest of all time. He's the greatest of all time. Yeah. And also the worst. Like, let's be yeah. honest. I'm I finally saw the dark side. I finally saw the dark side of the ring, like uh, uh, over the holiday break, the plane ride. Yeah. So I mm. finally saw that one. That was the first time I'd ever seen plane it. Plane ride from hell. That right. Poor woman. Dear and God. it was interesting where, like, yeah, uh, like half of who got fired. It was like Scott Hall got fired. A bunch of them got like they let a handful of people go, but then ultimately, Blair Rick Flair was, was like, ah, he's fine. <laughs> yeah. The only person that came out of that even looking remotely well uh, was Dustin Goldust. Um, but, but he was, I mean, he was, he was, horrible he was too. battling his own demons. He was, but he was like, like, okay, I'm sorry. I prefer the like drunk and or high person that's like self-deprecating and self-injuring versus somebody that's injuring others. Right. So like, if you're going to do that, if that has to be part of your life, like, I mean, do some dumb shit on yourself. You'll be fine. <laughs> like, but please leave the poor, poor stewardesses alone. Right. I will Those say, ladies. Uh, Scott Hall. I don't even blame him for that because he had a known issue, and they were they just like welcomed mm. him back into the fold. Like, he they put someone with a problem in a really bad spot, and they didn't like do anything to stop him from from you know going to town. But 
That's a tangent. Yeah. So. I just read, um, actually, so I say I bought, I pre-bought Mox's book and I like have had it since it came out. Um, but I saved it to be the first book I would read after I graduated college. Um, and so I finished it this weekend and some of the stuff in there is a little sus, like where like your initiation into the locker room is like down in 10 shots back to back. And like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think it's, a lot of people uh, don't love the uh, era of guys playing video games and like going home to their wives, but I really do think there's a much healthier environment, hopefully, across the board for people. Yeah. All right, so we yeah we went off the we went off the rails already. We needed, he said you need Megan not to go off the rails, and we just yep. we are way we just went off the rails. left field. But let's start how we always start. What are you guys talking for this week? What got you going? in wrestling this week. Cheats, let's start with you. Ooh, what got me going this week? What was really, really exciting? All right, it's going to sound cheesy. It is. Mm -hmm. But I'm here for the Undisputed Era reunion. So the, the, the Kyle O'Reilly showing up, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole, I like uh, I like them being together. I like the AEW crowd embracing them, uh, chanting "Undisputed," uh, things like that. And then I I do like the miniature riff between you know the storyline riff between the Young Bucks and uh, the kind of the Undisputed era and trying to figure out like where Adam Cole's going to go and where that ultimately mm -hmm. ends up. So there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of good things um, to talk about. I actually made it through a whole SmackDown and it wasn't bad. Um, last Friday, SmackDown wasn't bad. I made it through that. I liked what they did there, but uh, I, I actually really, really enjoyed the storyline of Undisputed coming together and actually hopefully, you know, having a bigger stage. Some of this stuff, like um, just quickly, Kyle O'Reilly, who I actually like as a wrestler. I think he's actually a really good wrestler. I thought, his best work was done when he was working against Adam Cole, like when he was like the lone mm -hmm. wolf of the Undisputed Era, and they started putting him uh, in the title picture against Cole. Um, and I think Pete Dunn was around there as well. Like those matches were really good. I liked the O'Reilly after Cole left, and he had like a shot at really making a run. This particular O'Reilly that showed up at AEW does a little bit of things that's that's a little bit different. That kind of almost regresses, I think, where he was when he was at the kind of at the top of AEW, if you will. I mean, at NXT, if you will, when he's taken on. I think it was Finn Balor. He had some really epic matches with Finn Balor. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the kind of characteristic stuff that Kyle O'Reilly's doing now, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, go back to the kind of the guy at NXT when you were on top. But uh, but I understand what it is, uh, and I like I like the Undisputed Era coming together at AEW and seeing if they can really be a faction. I don't know how long they let AEW lets that run because I don't know how long they want to hear Undisputed chants at their shows. Mm -hmm. But I think it's I think it's pretty cool. And another example of Tony Khan, if if Colorado is going to show up, of course you show up, put him with Bobby Fish and Adam Cole. At least you do that. Don't like have them show up and take on like, you know, Fuego del Sol or something. So I'm glad I'm glad they <coughs> at least gave the people what they wanted right away, even if they're gonna break it up pretty soon. I, 
Go ahead. Matt. Um, <laughs> a lot to what you said. They were that was on my list too. The era, but I'm not going to use it. Um, I I think I like the fact because once again, a lot of fans like to say that AEW doesn't do storytelling. I like the fact that they're con almost continuing the NXT storyline within AEW. So right. it's not just the Bucks versus maybe Red Dragon. And I just watched Dynamite like a few minutes ago. Um, but it's like, it's also Adam versus O'Reilly. But then it's like mm -hmm. a love story. Yeah. <laughs> they're fighting yeah. for Adam Cole's affection right now. If you see the finish of, of Dynamite and the whole... Uh, Un, uh, un, unpurposeful uh, hit that Kyle did to um, Adam Cole, and then the Bucks are like, "What did you do? What did you do?" And they're just taking yeah. care of him on the side, like, "We got you." And it's like a tug of war, and I, I look forward to that storyline playing out. Um, but as far as like people, I'm gonna jump in real quick just because Cheats doesn't watch it, and I every time I get an opportunity to advocate for it, I want to. Um, but this BET BTE, yes. This week on BTE, <laughs> um, they actually, he just disappeared. He's like, I don't want to hear anything about BTE. But they did acknowledge that they, uh, that Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Adam Cole had left NXT in like a space of beef. And um, Kyle O'Reilly comes on and he's like, you know, we're going to set that aside for this. But again, like they are really, really good with like lining up these stories and then like, pushing them through across all the products, including the weird little YouTube shows. Okay, Kiva, you may give us your what you're popping for this okay. week. Let's hear it. Can I name two quick ones? Absolutely. Sure, absolutely. Um, Jim Ross is cancer-free. That's the top Amen. one. Amen. Shout out, Kim, Jim Ross. Um, so that's very good to hear. He's back already. Like He, he was like, as soon as yeah. we're I'm back. I'm like, that's crazy to me. Um, and... Number two, Kachiro Shibata is returning to New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom. You probably already mentioned it, and I'm not sure. But yeah, like he, he retired years ago due to, I think, some head issues from a head buddy did that was way more mm -hmm. shoot than it should have been. Um, so like he's returning, which is crazy to me because just like when Brian Dance returned, seeing him take a bump was the scariest thing in the world to me. Mm -hmm. So imagine him in New Japan where they like really lay it in strong style yeah so like i'm just like i'm cautiously excited for shibata's return cautiously but i'm popping for that cautiously yeah. i support it um i was really happy to see jr come back um i think it was appropriate that he came back uh to the last we're the last show for now uh at daily's place and for the last show on tnt um but what i'm is Taz and Excalibur on any commentary, whether it be dark, dark elevated, the time they got to have together um, on Dynamite, and then what they've been doing uh, on Rampage with Ricky Starks is just phenomenal. Um, but Taz on commentary, period, yeah. uh, has just up. been like, yeah. it's like just been my happy place. Like, I honestly, I watch, like I could watch, and I often do, um, watch Dark uh, dark Elevated when I'm not really, I'm not even really watching. I'm just listening to like Taz and Excalibur talk shit, and it's amazing. It's so good. Um, so welcome back, JR. We're really super happy to have you back. Uh, but for me, it's going to have to be Taz and Excalibur. And then when they add Ricky Starks on Fridays, it's just 
just like, I'm, I'm the happiest. I am the happiest during those moments. And also, side note, uh, but this kind of goes for my same what I'm popping for. Taz on commentary for Hook is like hands down the most like you can feel the joy radiating off of him to be able to Hook's matches and the fact that Hook is so clean and looks so good like um hearing him call his kids match is uh has brought me like immense joy um over the last two weeks where we've got to see Hook in action so speaking of um are you guys on the Hook bandwagon I just need to know off top of course I mean I think he's I think he's great Yay. I think he's great Send Hook. I, I think that he is a you know, I think he's a talent. I think we have to slow slow down just a little bit. So mm. there, in regards to a lot of stuff, especially in our chat. So we have a chat. And on our chat, uh, you know, uh, the, the host that is not here, the, the, the unnamed host that's not me. here just yet. Um, uh, you know, I feel like they're going a little bit overboard in regards to where we place Hook in the grand scheme of, uh, AEW like stratosphere stuff. I think Hook is a talent. He is a he he's a rookie that hasn't even played a season yet, right? So it's mm -hmm. it's like you know the first ten at bats, you know twenty at bats in Major League Baseball, or the first two NFL games, and you're saying like this guy's going to be the next you know Aaron Rodgers or something like that, and you're like, come on, he's played two games. Like once we once we get through this stuff we'll see where we are with hook but i really uh and have we even heard him talk no he doesn't like have he's to. a silent destroyer <laughs> so, he eats chips really interestingly though right like so so here's the thing hook is great hook is is great in the ring he's got the pedigree he's got obviously a, a lot going in his direction but let's slow down He's beaten Frego Del Sol, and then who was the other guy? Bear Bronson, I think. Yeah, Bear, Bear Bronson. Bronson. So let's, let's, I like the Bear Country guys. I think they're yeah. great. But let's let's slow down on Hook. I okay. agree. So uh, I, I can I can get on board with the uh, pausing to appreciate the wonderfulness of Hook, but I love him. I think it's great uh, that Hook was kind of like a meme on the internet wrestling community and um send hook right like it was this thing and and if he's like there was all this talk before his debut about like well what are we gonna do if he sucks because we've been just like marking for hook for like the entire pandemic um and so to see him come out and be as clean as he is I, i'm really impressed with his in-ring work as of now uh you're right we haven't heard him on the mic yet so we got to see how he does on the stick but i mean he's taz's kid so i anticipate some some goodness out of hook but let's talk about this because we've got some yeah. really young stars yeah let's, at let's AEW. talk because it's because again the chat went out of hand like the chat's going yeah. crazy and i, I think were, i think you were a little hot because we were we were dunking on sammy a little bit no, well here's the thing oh mm, so mm. here's here's the thing and i'll let you leave this megan go ahead but again the hook stuff is again this is nfl if you're playing a 17, 16 game season, Hook has played three games, two games, and yeah. he's looked great in those two games. But hey, our, <laughs> I'm a Washington football fan. Robert Griffith Jr. won Rookie of the Year. Where is he now? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it, it's 
We've got it. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to okay. get hyped. I'm about I, to get hyped. I support you, though. And I I'm think like that's hyped. a good... I think it's important that we like have these conversations, right? Because we have like some really, really young guys that are headlining at AEW. So Hook, we've already discussed, he's 22. Um, then we've got Jungle Boy, who is 23. Um, and they're really, I mean, I don't know what they're setting up with Christian Cage. I don't know what they're setting up with the Lucha Brothers. Um, but I do think we're going to see Jungle Boy pushed a lot harder next year. And we're going to see him in a lot more stuff. Can, can I ask a legitimate question? Do it. How how can we push Jungle Boy harder? Jungle Boy has know. got... They love him. Jungle, Jungle Boy has gotten... In 2021, the push that Jungle Boy has gotten and the placement that he's got in AEW is flat out amazing. Like, yeah, I, I, the only thing you can do with Jungle Boy is put him in a, in a main event title picture. And he's done everything else. He's actually yeah. gotten. He's already been ton. in the main event title picture, though. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, I, I love Jungle Boy. I think, uh, again, when we're talking about young AEW talent, I would rate Jungle Boy right up there at the top, much higher than Hook. Mm-hmm. But the but the push of oh we're about to see big things with Jungle Boy, which I know, which is makes sense because everybody's talking about you know mm-hmm. this as a way of coming. I don't know what she can do to get Jungle Boy more over than they did this year. They've done so much to get Jungle Boy over this year. I don't think they're trying to get him over. I think they're trying to get him ready. I yeah. think that's why Christian Cage is there. Like. I can I can even tell with some of the lines that they've been um, giving him or him using. Like in the interview on I think Renee Paquette's podcast, he said he didn't like promo, he didn't like doing it. Mm. But they're trying to get him to do it more. And some of the lines he's been doing kind of sounds like Christian Cage <laughs> behind him giving him some of those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just trying to get him ready. Like if you see like. Darby isn't like a big talker, but he has a package that doesn't really require, you know, him to yeah. speak. Where maybe what you felt Sammy was lacking is the same thing that Jungle Boy is lacking in a sense, where the character work or, or the, the, the the ability to talk isn't really there. So yeah, like you know. have to have that. I think like I definitely think uh Jungle Boy he needs to develop his like mic skills. His mic skills aren't there yet. And I do I agree with you that I think that's what Christian's there for. That's why he's coaching him. And I think we're eventually gonna get like a student versus master angle with them, um, which will probably be a huge payout and be great. And with AEW, like they're not afraid to book long. So if it takes a year or two for Jungle Boy to get there and Christian can still go, we'll see. Um, Sammy, on the other hand, who we can talk about, he is 28, 27, 28. He just turned sure. 28. That's why I was like, okay. I've got two different numbers here. Yeah. Um, he just turned 28. Okay. Um, the difference between Jungle Boy and Sammy, I will say is Jungle Boy, uh, sells me in the ring. Uh, for Sammy, I just uh, feel like here we go. spot after spot after spot. And, like, I don't. I don't, I don't get as much storytelling from Sammy as I do from Jungle Boy. I think they started out in the kind of the same space. And I feel like Sammy's still there where it's just like high spot, high spot, high spot. Like I don't feel his, like he doesn't tell me an in-ring story. I'm sorry. Like I just, it, 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 it doesn't more. do it for me. Go ahead, Kimo, go ahead. I'm not going to um, try to uh, tag team you here, but there, I think is some truth to what she's saying. Um, when you guys did the whole five uh, what belts thing, 
pillars. Before you pillars, even, right? before you even like mentioned the, the like the number, I thought three point five. <laughs> It hurt me to agree with Ty. I agree with him completely. Like Everything you said, I was like, <laughs> oh, no, I agree with him. I agree with Megan. Um, I I have a lot of problems sometimes with some of Sammy's matches. And it's yeah. not just the spots thing, but it's the specific spots. And I can pinpoint certain matches where I felt like he wasn't properly uh, showing himself at the time based on where he was on the card. So, like... Mm-hmm. We were there in, in uh, Norfolk in person with the Jay Lethal match, and I heard you right. praise it. Yeah. My issue with that match wasn't seen on TV because during the commercial break, he was selling his ribs. He was taped up. He took a massive bump, and he fought through that, and I felt like he shouldn't have because mm-hmm. you almost couldn't get up from a 10 count. That was before you went through the table. You crashed on the yeah. floor before that. And then you went through the table and somehow you're just like, I can power through it. Psychologically, I don't feel like that makes sense because I don't think he's built himself up as a main event star enough to really pull that off and be believable. Um, in the Cody match too, he was doing a lot of Cody's moves against him. And I just feel like there are certain people who have the charisma to pull it off, like maybe The Rock or Austin mm. or Jericho. Don't feel like Sammy's there yet. And I just don't feel he's there yet, but he can be. But I feel like he has something that's missing that seems to lack purpose when he when he wrestles. I completely agree with that. All right, so, go ahead, Chief. Lay it no, down. I, look, here's the thing. I don't think Sammy Guevara is like a five-star wrestler yet. Mm-hmm. I also think that he is better than... I think people give him credit for. And I think it shows amongst his colleagues. I think his colleagues really like and respect and really want to work with Sammy Guevara. Um, And I think that, I think the Jay Lethal match was a really good match. I thought the Cody Rose match, I'm sitting here watching the Cody Rose match saying, you guys are ridiculous because he's, he's, he's doing a great match. He's working a really strong, Cody, to me, Cody Rose isn't, I understand where his status is, but actually in the ring worker, um, I thought that was some of the best Cody we were going to get. And I think it's because him and Sammy worked really well together on, on this match. No, I, I thought Cody worked well in the Malachi match as well. Like I thought, I mean, what about they, Andrade? Uh, that was, that was fine. Like they missed the table. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> They missed the whole thing. Cody, they, Cody they burned let, they for you. They burned, missed, he missed burned for you. <laughs> but but no. But in regards to kind of where we think we are with some of these young stars, I think Sammy and and also like you're saying, Sammy's 28. Sammy's not in the 23, yeah. 22 category, and I think that shows. I think Sammy is where he's going to be maybe a little bit elevated, but I mean, I think, I, I, I think it shows his experience over hook and jungle boy and some of the younger guys that we're talking about. I think it shows. I think he, I think okay. he, so big, let's put him on level guy. with, let's put him on level with someone that's his age. Darby is also 27. Now, Kevon made a good point that Darby isn't isn't much of a talker, but he has built himself up that that's like kind of his thing, right? 
But um, I don't think there's a better comparison to explain what I mean about like the in-ring psychology than Darby. Like you, believe yeah, I'm gonna be a. I'm gonna be a Darby mom. is gassed and dead, and yeah, oh my god, I, how could he get up from that? Like when Sammy went down to, um, when he went down to Cody, like I honestly didn't. I thought the match was gonna go a little longer because, like, he wasn't gassed. He didn't look hurt. Like, like he. It's harder for me to like suspend disbelief with Sammy because he doesn't tell me as much of a story <laughs> with his body. But Darby, on the other uh, hand, Darby yeah, will have you convinced that no. he just died. Like he died. He died right there, and we're all just gonna like talk about it. Later. I got. But we're gonna finish the match first. Yeah. No. Again. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here's the thing, though. Um. If if you have a hard time believing anything in wrestling, for me. I have the hardest time psychologically. Like, if you you were saying psychologically, you can't get over the hump. Darby mm -hmm. Allen, I psychologically can't get over the hump. Ever. <laughs> Ever. I got no, a response for that, for sure. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Two things. I didn't say I didn't like the uh, Sam and Gora matches. I did like them. It just certain little booking things I didn't like and certain little spots I didn't like. Overall, I enjoyed the matches. But um, there's this thing um, with certain wrestlers. Sasha Banks is one of them, and so is Darby. When they take a hit, you're questioning if it was real or not. You're like, oh my God, are they alive? Um, where I feel like Darby's in control more than we really believe that he is. Um, but when Darby is running full speed at you and he launches himself with his entire body, you believe mm -hmm. it. Like, and I, it took me a while to notice how fast Darby was until he wrestled CM Punk. And CM Punk was kind yeah. of fast because it was his first match back. Darby is really fast. And to further the point against Sammy, the revolution match between MJF and Darby, I don't think Sammy could pull, could pull it off. Like, there mm -hmm. is so much in there based on the story they told before, there, before the match, based on the body parts they worked on during the match, that I feel like a seasoned bet could only pull off. Um, once again, not a slight on Sammy. I think in time he will be there. Um, mm -hmm. But I think out of the four pillars, MJF and Darby are like showing why they're the top two to me. And absolutely, I'm a Mark, but I would take I would take Sammy over Darby. Period. What? I would. And I'll, and I'll tell, no, and I'll tell you why because I just don't believe Darby half the time. And. Mm. and and it's not necessarily because he's not a good worker. I, I agree with you with the punk match. I agree with you with all the skills that he has. But it's hard for me to believe that after everything we've gone through, Darby's just going to get on the top rope and do what I think is one of the weakest finishes in all of professional wrestling, <laughs> the coffin drop, and just put his back on somebody, and that's going to knock them out to the point. After everything the match has been through, I think that that is just impossible for me to believe. And... I think that they and I think I think Sting wants to work with Darby. I think CM Punk wants to work with Darby, and I think that's great. But I also think that in a lot of spots that I've seen now that they've put them together, Darby, I think, like benefits greatly from having Sting there. Um, in regards to just like uh, uh somebody that's physically stronger to, to if they need to do something that 
you know, I feel like Darby can't do or shouldn't be doing. But mm. I think Darby's really talented. I think I think Sammy's really talented. I, I it's a I think Darby has a better character right mm-hmm. now than the Spanish guy. Um, but it, I don't see too much difference in ring. I don't. I don't know. I think, um, Kivan, I completely agree with you on the thing about, because it's, it's funny you said Sasha, because that is one, like, Sasha was another one that could get me, to, like, I really believed, like, she wasn't okay. And um, on that match that they did against uh, FTR and MJF, that uh, missile, uh, the torpedo suicida he did, like, I legit like his he hit them and crumbled. Like yeah. I just he sells so good. Like I don't know. I'm on glorified Spike but, Dudley. But I don't want to keep going because we can keep going here. And we're it leads over. us yeah, okay, got, so it leads MJF. us for our next MJF. young talent that we're gonna talk about, who is MJF at 24. Yeah. And then the youngest one on our list, which you know is a huge hit here at WCWF, Dante Martin is only 20 years old. Crazy. I was shocked when I read that. I yeah. thought he was at least like in his mid twenties. I would put Dante Martin in the Hook category, probably ab- mm. uh, above Hook, above but Hook. like above yeah. Hook, because again, above Hook Hook is has only been and worked in two matches, and there were short matches in comparison yeah. to some of yeah. the Dante's. Matches. I think yeah. Dante Martin is uh, like you know extremely talented with a with a bullet. However. I love him working with Leo Rush. I think that mm-hmm. type of those those type of right now Dante can only go at one speed, right? High octane, a lot of jumps. You know what I mean? He the the selling parts of his of his game probably need to be worked on. It'll be worked on with experience, right? So mm-hmm. I I I think in regards to who we're talking about, I would put Hook at the rookie level, Dante above that. Uh you know, I would say Jungle Boy, maybe Jungle Boy, Sammy, Darby, if you're looking at that that direction. And then I would honestly put MGF right now. At, when mm-hmm. you say MGF was 24? 24. I'd put him as the, as the guy, but he but he's carrying several he's so good. several weights and several loads and several spots mm-hmm. all, all to himself in AEW. And he backs it up in the ring. He actually is a good ring worker. So I would, uh, I'd put him GF at the top. All right. Uh, Kevon, you want to give me your rankings real quick? Or do you think there are you, are you in the same? same I'm similar. Like I do, I do think the one thing they treat MGF like a big star, not only because of his position, his position on, on the show, but because he actually wrestles the least amount of in comparison to anyone. They almost use him as a spectacle. Like he can talk so well. Like mm-hmm. my my favorite thing about the Inner Circle versus Pinnacle and Jericho versus MGF um, MGF um, feud was they built excitement through words. Yeah. Majorly, they they had the they had the fighting segments where in the in the bathroom and backstage and stuff like that. Mm. But most of it was like we're having a parlay. We're deciding who's going first in um, blood and mm. guts. For you know. A lot of it was talking. They were singing. They were singing and dancing. I noticed, you know, whatever. Um, but to the Dante uh, point, I don't believe in 2022 that Dante will remain a single star. 
I think his brother's mm-hmm. gonna uh, recover. He's gonna finish re- yeah. uh, recovering and then they're gonna put him back together. I don't think the Leroy Rush story has been making sense recently. Mm. But recently. That's a, when, recently. He, when he left, yeah, it's kind of weird. It didn't make it didn't pay it off yet either. So like yeah. yeah. He just he betrayed them, but there was no cohortness shown between him and Leroy Rush and the yeah. uh, Dynamite Diamond Bar Royal. So I was like, that makes no sense. And it's funny because I think Sammy Guevara and Dante Martin are comparable because yeah. Dante That's the well, Sammy has more charisma. Hmm? Sammy, yeah. That's Andy's the conversation got... we were having in the chat was we were comparing no, Dante and Sammy. Yeah. Sammy's got which I put Dante over Sammy. Yeah, which is insane. Uh, <laughs> Sammy's gotten bigger opportunities, right? Bigger spots yeah. to carry bigger matches. And, uh, and he has, yeah, he simply has more charisma right now than a Dante Martin. And again, you're talking about eight year difference. You're talking about an eight year difference. Yeah. And so, and somebody that they think quote unquote has arrived versus somebody that who's arriving clearly has, yeah, clearly has a ways to go to arrive. Right. Can but we're not question? talking about we're not Can talking about who do we one second we're not talking about who's had the best opportunity we're talking about who's the best wrestler right so wrestler I'm just gonna put that down I think when it comes down to it uh, Dante has more for me than uh, Sam Los Santo Spanish God all right you may ask your question now no do we know how old is Orange Cassidy he's older he's um he's up really quick, but he's, he's older he's this was the I, I did like the stars under yeah, he's 37, 20, 29. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just saying because there's OC Yeah, there's there's let's see. Um I, I do think that Oh he's not yeah, oh yeah, he's 37. He's 37. Yeah, when we look at the mm-hmm. young talent of AEW, uh how old and how old is Max Caster? Is Caster old? Ooh, good like question. I, I didn't do I Max Caster. Well, me... Um But I, I I think they have a a kind of abundance of riches with the young talent that they're developing on the roster. Um, Max Caster is 32. Oh, I'm okay. off. But it, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it's the question goes to how they're, how they go about developing this. We know Jungle yeah. Boy, we know MGF, we know Del Real is going to be a part of their future for a very long time. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Hulk, Dante Martin. We just don't, they're just, we just don't know. Uh, guy yeah. like uh, guy like what is it? Shoddy, Shoddy Lee Johnson. I love Big Shoddy Lee and Lee like Moriarty. Lee Moriarty is great. Please. I love Lee. Yeah, Moriarty. so we just all don't know what's going to happen with those guys. So. All the Lee's. I will say. All right. Oh, okay. oh, all right. Close us out on this segment because um, you know I got these things moving. Post uh, Rampage segment, there was a segment where Hook came out. And he slapped Cody in the face, and yeah. Cody was like, "Oh yes, he did." Next time you come back, I wanted to be me and you. And and uh, Tony comes like, "Sure, we'll do it." So like, I don't know if they're going to try to fast track him. I hope they don't. Yeah. But Cody's already playing to the crowd, and he's Cody's already overbooking something already too fast. So yeah, but he said <laughs> next time we're in Greensboro. So yeah. like, that's a well, year, right? AW um, some spots, so. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And we can revisit our list next year and see where where our guys are and see how they're doing in comparison to how we thought they'd be doing. So um, speaking of live shows and people being in arenas, WWE has had a very serious outbreak of COVID as of late that's been impacting house shows, uh, that's been impacting uh, the production side for Raw and SmackDown over the last week. Um, and as of the most recent, 
announcement from them. Uh, they're just apparently not testing anymore because um, you can't have positive tests if you don't take a test. Side note, get a COVID test, know your status if you're not feeling well. Um, what do you guys think is going to happen? How is this going to impact one? How does this impact Roman, who, regardless how I feel about the head of the table or the company, is a saint and a wonderful, wonderful man from all accounts and happens to be a cancer survivor with immunocompromisation, I guess, immunocompromised. Um, so like, wh what does this mean for WWE? What does it mean for the pay-per-view? And more importantly, what does this mean for the talent? Uh, I don't necessarily think it's, I don't want to just single out WWE unfairly, mm. only because when it comes to COVID, it seems to be a big corporate thing to push forward regardless of what's going on. Yeah. Um, people like to tell me that it's business. So, you know, whether that's right or wrong, that's what they do. My job, I won't say who I work for, but we stopped COVID testing a while mm -hmm. ago. We were, we, yeah, we were having like, we were having weekly tests almost twice a week. And then mm -hmm. um, I think they started to shut it down right before the, you know, the Delta variant happened. And then they weren't going mm -hmm. back on it either way, you know? Um, and so it was the UFC. They were the first people to kind of return to full crowds even though people were like, but you know, COVID, you know, and Dana was like, no, we're going to go to the states that will allow us to go there. Um, so there's this thing where they don't want to lose their place in the market and they're going to do whatever they need to do and view it however they decide to view it. I don't think they should have stopped testing, um, mm. but because they have maybe some plausible deniability in, as to how severe each case has been, they're going to take that inch and make it a mile and say, well, it's not happening like it was before, so we can mm. do this and that, so they can justify it that way. But I also feel like typically in moments like these, we are angry initially, and I think people believe corporately that it will be swept under the rug within a week or two. So they can take mm. bad PR now, and then within a, a month or so, we're not gonna be talking about it. We're gonna be talking about how great it was when Brock and, and Roman had wrestled and you know, how great Christmas season was getting my package in two days, you know? Yeah. So um, sadly, it's like in one ear out the other in the public's eye, in my opinion. So mm. even if morally they are corrupt for this, a week or two from now, we might not be talking about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree in the sense that I don't think we should hold wrestling to a different standard than we hold society, right? So we're mm -hmm. dealing with a record number of outbreaks through this new variant that has literally ran through the bowl season, the college football bowl season. It's running mm -hmm. through the NFL. They were playing games on Tuesdays last week. Um, it's it, like, I think every team in the, it, if you haven't gotten it in the NBA, NFL, NHL shutdown, bowl season, like, it's only a matter of time. Like the NBA is mm. like up to like, I don't know, half their league or more. They're pulling people off the street. I think I was called to play for the Knicks <laughs> last week. Um, because it's that, it's that bad. But the problem yeah. is, I think, I think this, you know, from the top down, I think this administration has looked at this situation and said, we're never going to shut down again like we did in March of 2020. Yeah. That's never, we can't as a country afford 
to have that many people shut down, that many businesses out of work. We don't have the PPP plans and the stimulus ideas left. We've done we've we've done those, and this is where we are. Um, so I don't think the world's ever going to shut down again. Um, the challenge is if the world doesn't shut down again, how do these entities continue on? And I think they've decided to continue on basically by saying, hey, look, we're going to play no matter what, especially these sports mm -hmm. entities, whether, you know, half the team has to sit out, half the team doesn't. We have to forfeit games. We're going to forfeit games. Um, when it switches to companies deciding actively not to test, yeah. I think that's I think that's a bridge too far. And I think that the WWE, I think the all of the sports entities, the aforementioned sports entities they talked about, they still need to test. They need to know yeah. who's dangerous, who's not, who's contagious, who's not. Um, they can't just turn a blind eye to that part of it. So I think that's where I think we go wrong. But I also mm -hmm. don't think that it's going to stop big, you know, big pay-per-views, big shows. Like, I just think that if they're in a situation where they know what wrestlers are, are you know, testing positive, they've got to send those people home. They've got to take them off the road for five days or ten days or whatever it is. They've got to go through the protocols. And the idea of them saying we're not going to test because we don't want to know and whatever happens yeah. kind of happens – I do think that's irresponsible. I think that that's irresponsible. And I don't think that's the approach that a lot of folks, again, the NBA is still testing. They're just, yeah. they're, still, they're playing through it. They're not canceling mm. as many games as they should. And they were damn sure weren't going to cancel Christmas. They had five games on Christmas and Kevin Durant was sitting at home. Right. So mm. it's like, but I, I think, I think it's irresponsible not to know. I, I don't want to play devil's advocate. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, you can go ahead if, if, if you need to. Go ahead, Kevon. Um, You're good. Not to play devil's advocate, but the business needs are important to an extent, but I think there's a line to go too far the other way, only through example of Ring of Honor. If I think about the wrestling company that everyone said did everything right, it's Ring of Honor. They kept everyone at home and they paid everyone full time. Mm -hmm. And... Right after that happened, they had to release it, like let people go from their contracts because Sinclair was like, we lost too much money on this. Um, and there was no way for them to recover. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know how much money WWE or AEW makes from ticket sales. I don't know if they need it. Um, but based on like the budget cuts of recent, I don't know if they, if they were to shut down again, if they were to go on another haul of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's be very clear. During the pandemic, WWE was reporting record profits to their shareholders. So the entire time they were making those budget cut comments while firing people, they were turning around in shareholders meetings and talking about how much money they were making and how great they were doing despite the pandemic, right? Um, they still have all their TV deals. They've got a crap ton of merchandise. Um, there's just a lot for them. Historically, WWE has not treated its workers well. So whether it's how they fire them, how they patch them up and have their doctors lie about whether or not they're concussed or whether or not they're, they're injured and keep pushing them on the road um, and how they, they treat them and the, the amount of work that they put on them. I am 
not surprised, but I'm I'm equally disgusted as I am every time something comes out about WWE and how they treat their talent. And to be 100% honest, I'm very surprised that this policy is going into place um, with Roman being their top guy. Um, I would think as hard as they've protected him his entire career when it comes down to something that could literally kill him, not just make him look shitty to fans. Like they're just like, oh, suck it up, Roman. Like, is he going to wrestle in a bubble? Is it going to be bubble boy versus Brock for WrestleMania? Like, how are we going to do this? How is he going to do, and how's he going to survive? And you got to think about people like Seth that like Seth and Becky that have a brand new kid at home that can't get vaccinated. Um, I know uh, Kofi Kingston it. has some young kids right yes seth has it so like they're not protecting their talent there's there's a number of angles there's a number of angles that go into this right and i think um you guys hit the head on the nail uh megan hit the head on the nail when she talked about uh television contracts that's that's a huge difference between ring Ring of honor and the two other Mm. uh majors that we're talking about well the two majors that we're talking about the reason they played football games in empty stadiums wasn't because they, they wanted to give the fans something to watch at home. No, it's because Fox, CBS, and NBC had massive television rights deals that they did not want to be in breach of contract, the leagues that are. Mm-hmm. So they put those games on TV to fulfill their television contracts. And that's where a, a lot of their revenue comes from, from these leagues, right? That's why they did it in empty arenas. Had absolutely nothing to do with the fan experience or even giving people escapes. The reason why WWE is able to survive through a pandemic is because they were on USA and Fox and Mm -hmm. in the Thunderdome or empty arenas getting paid by the television contracts, right? So I think you're right when you're alluding to Ring of Honor may have done everything right, but Ring of Honor's television rights deal with Fox at Saturday at 3 a.m. isn't the same as what they were going to pay the bills or uh, or SmackDown, right? So these these things I think are major issues about keeping people afloat during a difficult time. Um, I also think that in regards to Roman in particular, I think the WWE knows what they have with Mm -hmm. him, and I also think they they are not in a position to say Roman Reigns be damned. I think what they're trying to do is work with talent that they want to protect as best they Mm -hmm. can to have them be able to work if they can work comfortably and then keep them out of the, keep them out of the way as possible. That's the biggest problem with that is the actual crowds. They don't test the audience when they come into the, you know, some I guess some of the places what New York City makes them show vaccination cards. Yeah, some so some states the have their own mandates on uh, vaccinations. about going into arenas. Well, but I, 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 okay. I, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful uh, Wrestling said when you went to the Arthur Ashe show, they didn't really enforce it that well. You could have just put a fake mm, picture right. of the card. And oh, absolutely. Um, but I I do think that. For that, for somebody like Roman that we know is the top guy in the company right now, I think that, I mean, it's obviously still Vince McMahon's show, but I think they're going to make give him a level of comfort where he feels like that. Too. I will be very surprised if six months from now, a year from now, eight months from now, Roman Reigns says, oh, they made me go to work and I was not on board 
with the policies mm. and the testing and the stuff that they had me do. Now, and again, Roman Reigns isn't Shanky. Shanky over there with Jinder Mahal and them, they're probably like, go mm. to work. <laughs> right? Like, but but with Roman, you I You're going to wrestle with COVID. There, there te- there's always been tears in wrestling. There's always been tears mm. in wrestling. And if you're the top guys in those industries, I think they, they won. They value those spots. So Roman, even as protected as Roman is, Roman was wearing a mask through the crowd at one of the pay-per-views, remember? Uh, mm. But I, yeah. I I think that they, they there's, there's a little bit of tick for tat in figuring out what's going to keep him in the public eye, but also what's going to keep him feel like he wants to keep going to work. Um, but it's interesting. Bubble Boy versus Brock. Book it. WrestleMania. All right. So we are getting close to our end of show time. So, um, and we're getting close to the end of the year. Uh, tomorrow is the last day of 2021. And we are moving into 2022. So both of you, I want your prediction. Who is going to be the biggest star of 2022? Or what is some batshit crazy thing you think that's going to happen? Either or. Feel free. Or both. You can give me both. My gut, because I don't have a strong answer, my gut is Adam Cole. That's my gut. Um, mm. I mean, or MGF, but like my gut is my gut is Adam Cole, just based on how they're setting everything up. Um, because long-term booking will show you that the elite and everything it leads somewhere you know um yeah so i i think at some point in 2022 he's going to feud with hangman adam page i think uh mgf is going to be adam page for the belt that's what i think and then mm. you know and then maybe uh era turns on kenny and the bucks they beat kenny and the bucks and then hangman is like i, but I still love them <laughs> he's riding to the mountains on a horse and then he, he, you know, whatever. Um, so I don't know. I feel like Adam Cole is going to be a big break. I'll, I'll start. That's my gut. I don't know for sure. You can't really tell the future. Um, but yeah, the craziest thing is going to happen. Um, anything can happen in wrestling. So I can't predict that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the continue. I think 2022 is going to be a, a, a watershed, a high rising elevated um time for the indies i think the indies that that really kind of got a lot of people paying attention and whether it was gcw or defy or just like all of these different indie promotions all over um because of the releasing of so much talent and the fact that AEW can't sign everyone um and i i really think that you're going to start to see Big time, big time stars. Keith Lee back in the Indies. Braun Strowman in the Indies. Uh, just Big Swole in the Indies. Like, I think you're going to start to see these indie shows um, really have top-notch talent and have real wrestling fans pay attention to these smaller promotions. Um, so I think that that's going to be the story. Because I think there's going to be more independent wrestling talent next year that's available and on the market or either ask for their release from a big promotion because they're making money now. Any any wrestlers never was able to not have a side job. Well, they're not able they're 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 not having side jobs now because they're working all the time. So I think you're going to see a rise in indies. I think you're going to see a rise 
and we were joking around one of the other shows and saying every wrestler has their own vlog and has their own like mm-hmm. uh, social media personalities. I think you're going to continue to see that in 22, mostly for the indie wrestlers, right? Um, mm-hmm. But and AEW and indie wrestlers, the WWE doesn't really let them do that as much. But you're going to see a bunch of wrestlers with their own shows that are running on YouTube. You're going to see them uh, really showing bits of their personalities and really making a living off of their kind of independent merch and, and appearances and doing things that we've never seen before. Um, in regards to the big, big, who's going to be like the big breakout stars of 22. I mean, we talked a lot about MJF earlier in the program. I think MJF's going to, going to continue to rise like to a level in AEW. That's, that's pretty, pretty high. I don't know if he's going to be mm. top slot level, but I think he's going to be, going to be pretty high. I think if they can figure it out over uh, on the other network, on the WWE, if they can figure it out, um, there's still room for Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Ricochet to mm-hmm. really be elevated over there. There's room for it. Um, I think the people kind of want it. Every time I see those guys do things, they're trying to kind of figure this out. And I think they might have started i don't know how but they might have started to figure something out with ricochet um in the last couple of weeks i've started to see a ricochet that's kind of taken on a different character than the you know the flying superhero type thing that i'm starting to really like and hopefully they can figure out you know they signed kevin owens again Sami Zayn seems to be getting a push now and uh, they can figure something out with Ricochet where it looks like they're starting to do it. They've got a shot to not ruin those guys. Well, I think all of those are are valid predictions. Um, I'm going to go off of your MJF prediction. And I think that uh, two things that I think are going to happen this year, and you can quote me on them and we can come back to them. I think uh, Wardlow is finally going to turn on MJF. And I think yeah, we're going to get a big Wardlow push. I think they're setting him up now. Um, the stuff he's doing with Sean Spears on Dark and Dark Elevated, um, they're really starting to, to kind of push him. And he's starting to get some spots on Dynamite and Rampage, too. Um, and and the the turn is, is so close. It's so close. I can feel it. But I do think they're going to push him. And I'm interested to see. He's not a bad talker. He works well in the ring. Um, if I can ever see more than a two-minute match from him, I'd be super happy. <laughs> because he does squash people quite a bit. I'd like to see how long he can go. Uh, but I like him. And I think he's... I think exciting and i think we're gonna see something great from him out of 2022 and this one you can put in the bank and come back and holler at me anytime thunder rosa will be taking the belt off of d m d it's happening i'm sorry she didn't get the tbs belt which we can talk about the Jaden thunder rosa match at another time Mm. when i'm less salty about it Um, are you salty about it that was a good mercedes martinez uh, though yeah mercedes martinez showed up yeah, all elite That's now. Cool. Popping for that. Popping for that. You know, I've got a real like I've got a very special place in the quarters for Thunder Rosa. Like I love Thunder Rosa, and I think that she deserves, uh, she deserves that spot, and I think she's gonna take it from Britt, and uh, she carried that match with Jade. Jade 
has never sure. gone that Absolutely. long. She's not yeah. ready to go that long. She's still way too green. She's still super sloppy. And and Rosa made her look good. So that's for Rosa. But my big <laughs> prediction for 2022 is that she's going to be the one to dethrone Britt Baker and uh, hopefully take her rightful place amongst the uh, leaders of the women's division. Because, I mean, people pop for her super hard. She's amazing. And I love her. You You know that. You know, I go really hard. But I, I mark out for Thunder Rosa. Um, okay, so uh, real quick, even though we always say we're going to end a different way, but because we're really going to, Kevon's going to tell us about a match, but we can't without doing our non-wrestling heel Ooh. of the week. I don't know. There's so many options. There's so many know. options. You don't have one, Cheats? You don't have a I non-wrestling really, heel I, of the week this I'm week? Really, I'm really thinking about it. I don't know if I have one. All right, All let's right, go to somebody else. Come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm choosing my job. I'm not naming it. I mean, you can say it. Hey, but, yeah. uh, they're still calling overtime on us, mandatory, mm -hmm. and it's Christmas is over. And so they're still making us come into work when we shouldn't be, on days we shouldn't be, mm -hmm. um, to hit a goal that isn't necessary. So <laughs> they are my hill of the week uh, until the new year happens. Uh, I'm not going to name anybody, but there's an amazing uh, Bo Burnham song about Kevon's boss, if you want to look it up. It's great. Um, my non-wrestling heel of the week is Omicron. Um, I was really excited. Uh, I Outside of this, I, I work in political world but i also do poetry and we had an amazing show lined up for new year's eve um but just with the rise in cases and um we had some people get sick uh from other places like their jobs and stuff and we just we couldn't do it we had to pull out of the show um shout out to brewers cafe for being so understanding um, shout out to Roscoe Burdums and the entire Writer's Den team for making the right call, even though it was a hard call, uh, to keep our community safe. But Omicron, which for a long time I thought was Omnicron, and so mm -hmm. I was just saying it wrong, and then I heard Rachel Maddow say it right, and then like I was shamed into saying it correctly. Omicron is my non-wrestling heel of the week, which might be a wrestling heel of the week for WWE, depending on whether or not they test people. Mm. All right, Cheats, what do you got? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll piggyback off of that, and it was actually um, T.T. Bryant's last week as well. Um, the virus is has been really, really difficult to deal with through the holiday season, and yeah. um, we've had several, several close calls or close contact or people that I know mm. personally that have uh, have been infected. The good news on that end is that most of them are um, vaccinated and haven't had to go to the hospital. Um, yeah. A lot of them have been either vaccinated or boosted um, and, and they seem to be down for a few days and come back. But even, you know, my, my, my niece who was at our house on Christmas day um, went down and tested positive a couple days after that. And so Yikes. The, the, the idea, the, the interesting thing is the panic that it puts people in whether they mm -hmm. um, were in close contact or not. We just don't know when the clock starts, right? So yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if you've got to, you know, say Christmas was Saturday, somebody tests positive on Tuesday, do you need to let everybody know on Saturday that was with them? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Um, and so a, a lot of that stuff has become uh, difficult for, I think, a lot of families to deal with. And then obviously they're going through the holidays. 
um, in which they yeah. want to see folks, they want to congregate, um, they might want to have a traditional celebration. And again, it it's not 2020, but I think the difficult mm-hmm. part of this is that we kind of felt like there was a several months and periods where we felt like we moved past this. Yeah, to have it have it come back at this time of year with with such large numbers. Uh, where we are in Richmond, Henrico, and Chesterfield have had the largest numbers, uh, daily numbers, now yep. than ever before. Uh, 600 plus was uh, yesterday in Henrico County, which was a new record from 400 plus positive cases. So we're just trying to figure it all out. So I'll I'll, I'll say I'll piggyback with you, Megan, and say the the virus is is a you know it's a problem that we're going to probably continue to deal with uh, yeah. for a very long time, and uh, you know. It could it could be our it could be our heel every week, but it's definitely our heel this time of year. Absolutely, and I think that uh, it's just really important. Everybody, please get vaccinated, get boosted. Um, if you're sick, get tested if you can, um, and try to your best to like understand the CDC guidance. I know it changes every day, uh, but just just take care of yourself and take care of each other. Um, I think that's important thing we need to be doing right now. We've been through a lot over the last two years. And for those of us that are still here, which unfortunately a lot of us aren't, uh, over 800,000 Americans now, um, just take care of each other, look out for one another, and remember the air you breathe is not yours alone. So take care of the folks around you. All right. So uh, we normally have Ty end us with with a match to watch. But since his arch nemesis is here this week, I feel like it's only appropriate for you to give us a match that is is going to exceed anything Ty could have given us this week. Kevon, what do you okay. have? I have. You know, I'm a, building this like imaginary beef. It's happening. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, every time I'm here, he's not. So maybe there is a beef. but Big beef. Um, I'm choosing Hiromu Takahashi versus Dragon Lee, a.k.a. Ryu Lee, from New Japan's New Beginning in Osaka 2019. I believe 2019. That match was a very scary match because that was the return match. Well, one of the return matches of Hiromu Takahashi, who was like a big star in New Japan. He, a couple years prior or a year and a half prior, had a match with Dragon Lee where they performed a spot where I think pretty much broke Hiromu's neck. And he was out for like ever. And they thought he might not mm. like it was questionable if he would make it back or not. And so like they had to build up history there. Um and they come back and they do not hold back. <laughs> and I mean it wasn't Romo's first match back, but I remember just like you think they chop hard in like WWE. You think like <laughs> Walter chops hard and he does, or AEW or anywhere. Watch that match and watch and count the chops. Try to play a drinking game and ca- with each chop they throw. <laughs> you will not be able to go home. <laughs> you better hope you already are home. Um, it's a great match because it's two really you would consider lighter weight guys, cruiserweight, junior weight guys who can fly over the place, who can mm-hmm. run really fast, but they're just hitting each other. They're just beating each other like mm-hmm. profusely. It's amazing. Um, so, and they also probably teased the net break spots a couple times. I'm not sure if I remember that correctly or not, but a lot of suspense in there, a lot of heavy hitting, a lot of great entering work that I think any non-wrestling fan would really enjoy. 
Absolutely. And definitely check these matches out. The things that uh, Kivan's telling us about, the ones that Ty is telling us about, a lot of the wrestlers that we love and enjoy today um, grew up watching this stuff. And they study this stuff, like, in and out. From what I hear, uh, Eddie Kingston is, like, the library slash dictionary of New Japan Pro. And what I found most interesting, um, it was recently in a CM, the CM Punk and Darby match, um, where they were doing shot for shot shot like mirroring this Bret Hart match. Um, so I think the more of these uh, matches that we get exposed to, uh, the more of this, it's it's like getting to see behind the scenes what the people we're watching now are watching to train to be better. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for being with us this week. We uh, we know we kept you up late, but uh, get some sleep and, and hopefully work will slow down soon. But thank you as always for coming and joining us. It's always a pleasure to have it's you. It's like a full honorary member now we have a handful I know, and, right? uh, Kivon is definitely Kivon is definitely an honorary uh, member of the team we've booked and him so a storyline like got a storyline one of these days him and ty will be on together but yeah. not for not i think we should just make it just the two of them and they not can till... just go head to head not until 2022 we've got to build that up like a pay-per-view yeah yep long-term storytelling well ladies and gentlemen you know here at wrestling chat with friends it ain't over till we count the mat so one two three we'll see y'all next week peace peace